Welcome to the RCAP USA Roundup, a podcast where we have real conversations affecting both cattle producers and beef consumers. We're your hosts, Jaden Moreland and Karina Jones. With that, let's get to today's episode. Here at RCAP, we've been working really hard on our outreach and communications efforts. Today, we discuss the podcast, magazine, important convention updates and details, and more on this episode of the RCAP USA Roundup. We have a bit of a different setup today as it's just going to be Karina and I talking about RCAP's outreach and communication efforts that we have put in place to keep everyone informed as to what's going on in the cattle industry. But before we get too far into it, it's been a while since we introduced ourselves. So Karina, give us a quick overview of who you are, what your position with RCAP is, and what you do. Thanks, Jaden. I'm Karina Jones. I'm the field director for RCAF USA. And so what that brings me to do is I kind of connect our cattle producers to the organization. I work a lot with member outreach. My phone is always ringing. My email box is always dinging. And I'm just kind of a connector um, between cattle producers and wherever their information needs to go. Maybe I help them get in contact with their legislator or or their regional RCAF director, or I take information to Bill or to the lawyers. So I'm just kind of the staff connector, I would say. (laughs) Yes, and you help us with sponsorship. You are a good salesperson. And so we always are throwing you out, say, go sell this, go sell some sponsorships or magazine advertising, whatever it might be. But, um, and you also do a lot of fundraising too. I do. I enjoy being out with the people. So Jaden, tell us about you and your position within RCAF and how that is kind of changing since you came on a year ago. It seems to change every day, I think. (laughs) But I'm Jaden Moreland. Um, I'm from the Panhandle of Texas. I live south of Amarillo. And I'm the marketing coordinator for RCAF. Um, I started about two years ago as just the intern, um, was doing a lot of social media work. And that has developed into, now that I graduated from school, um, I'm the full-time social media magazine, podcast, um, <laughs> convention. I feel like I'm missing something probably. It, it, there's a lot um, and it kind of always changes. I do a lot of our graphics and kind of any marketing um, artwork we need and I don't know. There's a lot, but I do a lot of just communications and keeping the communications front consistent. And, um, but it definitely changes every week. (laughs) It does. Uh, I can see that. Yes. It keeps me busy, but it's pretty fun. I like it. (laughs) So Karina, you're from central Nebraska, correct? Correct. So what are people up to on their operations in Nebraska right now? It's so funny to me how everybody around the country They are doing different things, but we're all accomplishing the same goals. So what are people doing in Nebraska? Well, what this time of year looks like in Nebraska is definitely everybody's getting cows to grass and um, kind of have one foot into haying season. Um, You know, definitely within the next month, we're going to start seeing some fall cow sales come around. And so people will be possibly rebuilding their fall cow herd um, or, you know, adjusting that. And so, yeah, it's just always evolving, but definitely right now, number one priority, get them cows and those babies to grass and start working on some haying season plans. Yeah, we're kind of doing some similar stuff. We're definitely moving cows around to grass and a lot of brandings happening, which is always a fun time of year. And 
tractors running. I think my grandpa just got done with cotton and he's planting Milo right now. Karina, part of your job as field director is just talking to people, seeing what they're feeling, experiencing, and then bringing that to us. And we kind of just see how we can adjust our strategies. So what is the tone of the industry right now as you see it and as you've been hearing? You know, I think what we read on the pages of magazines and here on Big Ag Media maybe paints a little bit different picture than what is truly being felt by the heart of cattle producers out here in the country. While we know that um, our nation is reeling from a depleting domestic cow herd that is partially due to drought, but partially due to the fact of volatile markets and an aging cattle producer population. Um, you know, so the media is telling us that things are about to get really exciting this fall, that cattle supplies have tightened to the point where it's got to help drive markets up. But we've been through this before. And what we tend to see, you know, as we go forward with every, you know, cycle that in cycles that really just don't even exist is we watch as, as our government and importers replace our domestic beef supply with imports of foreign cattle and foreign beef. So I don't know that we can trust that the markets will strengthen this fall because of our, our tightened domestic supply because the import game is playing such a bigger role than it ever used to, you know, decades ago. And so I think I, you know, can pretty accurately describe that we go forward with a lump in our throat, really wondering, if this fall will be enough to cover the input costs of what we're dealing with right now. My girls just had to buy um, corn for their 4-H steers this week, and that corn cost them $8.40 a bushel at our local elevator. And so how can young kids, you know, when they're paying their own feed bill like that, how can they even see a future for themselves in this cattle market when they're losing money on a couple head? And that's not scalable. I mean, if you're losing money on a couple head, uh, you, you know, it's no fun to lose money on, on hundreds to thousands of head. So I think that there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of things that unless we write this ship and getting our beef labeled to create demand for domestic cattle, that concerns, that definitely concerns those of us out here in the country. Yeah, it's very frustrating. I feel like between, you know, cost of fuel, cost of grain, everything just seems to be skyrocketing. And then feeding your own families. I mean, the bills at the grocery store are insane. And the fact that, what did we say? Imports are up like, are they up 40, 40% or something from 2021? I think I read the other day and imports from Brazil are up like 200 something percent. And so I don't understand, like you said, how we're supposed to, you know, improve this fall when we're importing record amounts of beef. Yeah, absolutely. The import situation has to be on the radar of every cattle producer because um, it appears that our government and the system just wants to replace our beef with imported beef rather than helping us strengthen our own system so that we can feed our own people um, it's definitely going to be a food security issue yeah. and it needs, it needs immediate attention. Yeah. Food security, national security. I mean, it's a big deal and I don't think people realize how big of a deal it is, but I feel like that time is coming of where they're going to start to really think about where their food is coming from. 
But kind of shifting gears into the bulk of our content today, we wanted to talk about outreach and how, you know, RCAF has really shifted a lot in the past year, I feel like, on our communication platforms and a lot of different things in our outreach. And so um, one of those is this podcast. And so I would I would say on behalf of both of us, I think it's been a pretty fun experience. And, um, you know, we talked about creating this podcast a while ago. And I remember Karina saying that Brett, our now president's dream would be for our calf to have a podcast. And at the time, I just don't think we were ready to take that on. Um, you know, I was still in school and just a part-time intern and didn't really have the time to dedicate to it, but we kind of just kept it in the back of our mind because we liked the idea. And then when I came on full-time, we were like, this is perfect. Let's start kind of getting it together. But I don't really think either of us realized what all went into it. It's been really fun to see the podcast grow and see the different phases of it and have all of our different guests on and learn from each of them. And I don't know, I really have enjoyed it more than I thought. What about you, Karina? Well, I really didn't know what to expect. And (laughs) luckily, Jaden, when she came on staff full time, brought this buffet of skills and strengths with her that um, we've been able to capitalize on. And so this podcast has been one of them. I was not ever prepared or did not have a vision for the diversity of podcast guests we would have on. And in the first you know, few months, we've had economists from, from Ivy League universities. We've had um, you know, cattle producers and RCAF directors to authors and investigative reporters and professors. And so I have learned a ton. I, the, yes. What I have gained, the knowledge I've gained, the questions I've been able to ask these guests, um, I have just learned a ton. And it's really been a big blessing to my life to, to be able to tap into these people's knowledge, mm-hmm. knowledge banks. Yeah, I really enjoyed it because I feel like whenever we do see, you know, like Professor Horton or Chris Leonard, you know, we have, we see them at like convention or an event or something of where we're running every which direction. So we don't have the time to sit and like have a conversation with them for more than five minutes. And so being able to sit and have 45 minutes of uninterrupted time with these guests and really get to just like soak in all their knowledge and industry expertise and just it's been really fun to have these conversations and like you said I mean I've learned (laughs) more than I ever thought I would I think I don't know my favorite episodes I'm probably gonna say are oh I probably want to say Professor Horton or um Chris Leonard what about you well, Jaden, you get to see the analytics and all the numbers <laughs> behind these podcasts. So share with our listeners what our top three podcasts have been in terms of the audience reached. So our number one is Chris Leonard. I can't remember the name of his episode. I think it's Warning Signs. Um, that episode took off almost immediately after we shared it, um, which for good reason. I mean, it was a very much he told us the story of pretty much writing his book, The Meat Racket. And um, I just, I mean, I let you pretty much take that of you asked most of the questions because I was sitting there like just speechless of these stories he was telling us and this, the research he gathered for this book, um, researching and meeting with all these packers and producers that are affected directly by them. And so um, that was for good reason. I think that is our top episode of it's an amazing story um and then our our other two is one with our president brett his is called courage over compromise and so talked a lot about 
um, the compromise bill in 5014 and competition and just standing up for our industry. It was very inspiring. And then Professor Horton is our third top one. And I, I'm trying to remember <laughs> the name of his as well. I should have written these down before. Oh, okay. It's Americanism and Antitrust then and now. And so his, again, it was very patriotic and he is so knowledgeable about the history of antitrust. And Professor Horton is the person that got RCAF into the antitrust law world. And so very knowledgeable of taking us from the beginning of like the Clayton and the Sherman and all these different acts and the Packers and Stockyards Act and the history and the meaning behind them and kind of what we need to move forward our industry from that front. Very interesting. It was, I loved that episode <laughs> and he actually is going to write an article for our magazine the next issue. So, so Jaden, say somebody like me who is not, I'm just not savvy in this podcast world. <laughs> I would be more inclined to find this, you know, this audio content either on RCAF's Facebook page or YouTube page, but where do people go to find it on podcast platforms? Okay. So we have it on, like you said, on our website, we, if you scroll down on our homepage, there's a little section that'll play the most current episode. And then we also have it as its own playlist on YouTube. And then we have it on Apple Podcasts. If you just search the RCAP USA Roundup, um, it, it should come right up. And then um, Amazon Music and Spotify. Those two I'm not as familiar with, but they are on there. <laughs> um, I think there's, we have quite a few listeners on Spotify. So I think it's probably about the same thing if you just search it. And yeah, it's called the RCAP USA Roundup. So so just as you and I were really like getting the wheels on the bus with the podcast and give, you know, getting our schedules all down, we jumped into another huge project and that was launching the True Grit RCAF magazine. Yes. And you, yes, you were the driver of that <laughs> bus for sure. I'm just a passenger and you just kind of tell me what to do. So talk to us about the brand new RCAF magazine, True Grit. I mean, it has definitely been a labor of love. Um, it is a huge project. When I came on staff, you know, it was part of my goal to improve and kind of streamline our communications and marketing platforms. So, you know, we added the podcast, we changed the newsletter format, we changed it to bi-monthly um, and kind of made it all, we learn in school to, to kind of do branding. And so it's, everything looks the same colors, similar fonts, everything kind of goes together. And it just, when somebody looks at it, it is an RCAF publication because of how it looks. And so um, the magazine is our most recent <laughs> project, as you said, and it's been a great experience. And, you know, we decided on it back in January as um, when we were at Black Hill Stock Show, we met with the board and kind of did a strategy session. And we were talking about how to keep members engaged and inspired and how to add more to our membership to kind of give more of a driver to become a member of RCAF. And so we created this members, quarterly membership magazine idea that you automatically get as you're a member of RCAF. And we called it True Grit um, just because of the meaning behind the phrase True Grit. And it had been our convention theme and it really embodies, I would say, our RCAF membership. Um, and so I didn't want the magazine to be super policy heavy because we get enough of that <laughs> through the rest of our publications and communication stuff. And I wanted the information to be easy to digest and just kind of create a positive atmosphere and remind people why we're in this industry. 
and kind of like reignite that passion of, you know, remembering when they had their first calf of, wow, like this is, this is a legacy and it's a great thing to be a part of no matter the things that are going on in the industry. It's that why we ranch, why we fight. And I wanted to capture that in the magazine. And so um, the first issue, I believe most all of our members should have received it by now. We featured the Bledsoe Ranch out of Colorado, um, some founding members of ours that have always been super engaged and have a fantastic operation. Um, and then Sue Steele was our Made in the USA product, um, another great supporter of our CAF and a great partnership. Articles from our president, vice president, Karina, you wrote something, Bill wrote something, um, one of our board members from Texas wrote something. <laughs> we did a feature on a custom processing plant here in Texas um, called NSC Beef, and we also did recipes and I'm trying to think what else was in there. Um, a lot of really great stuff. And there's definitely more than what I listed, but we also sold ads to help kind of cover the costs of it to, you know, and also benefit businesses. You know, we're firm believers of support people who support you. And so we want to drive people to those businesses that are supporting their organization. And so we are still selling ads for the summer issue. Um, the summer issue, I think, should come out in August. We would be happy to send you more information on advertising. Um, I'll leave Karina and I's emails in the show notes. Um, we're kind of in charge. We're the main <laughs> main magazine people. And so, um, yeah, it's going to go out to our membership quarterly. And I'm excited to see where we take it. You know, within days of that, of the first um, edition of True Grit hitting mailboxes, we were getting responses from people wanting to advertise in the next mm -hmm. edition. You know, they didn't know about this edition. They opened it up. They saw how beautiful it is, what a high quality product it is. And so um, our advertising list has already grown for the second edition. And we want you to be a part of that. The great thing about the audience of True Grit is if your company product, whatever it may be, is, is suited for the cattle industry, then you know you're not wasting any money with your advertising dollars because True Grit only goes to cattle producers. It is only going to our membership. So that's another thing. If you want this magazine, you've got to become a member. You can do that right from our website. Um, and, but like I said, it's really a great value for those that are wanting to get their product, their company, their service, their business in front of cattle producers, because that is our direct audience. Another uh, piece of feedback that I've been getting from those who have bought advertising was, wow, this is so affordable. And yeah. so um, we're, we're really hearing that this is a really affordable advertising piece. So please help us partner with you and get and get your um, company promoted in front of our cattle producers. Well, and, and I think that was the big, the affordability part of it is we wanted to make it practical. I mean, we're not trying to, you know, the magazine's not going to take over our calf. Like it's not going to fund our expenses. Like this is for our members. And we, so we wanted to keep it practical and not crazy and have businesses that our members are going to use be the advertisers in it. Um, and so we definitely got that. And I'm so thankful for those that advertised in the first issue and took a chance um, on a first issue magazine. They were awesome. <laughs> they were bold. Um, yeah. And remind me, Jaden, RCAF members do get a discount on their advertising, correct? Yes. 
Yes, it's 10% off if you're an RCAF member for that so advertising. I, I know in this first issue, we had um, Lowings advertise their horse sale. That was some really out of the box thinking. So if you've got a horse sale, a bull sale coming up, please consider advertising with us. We'd love to get your um, information out in front of our, our audience's eyes. Yes. Uh, Another thing um, that we're looking for for the magazine is always story ideas. Mm -hmm. You know, absolutely. We we want to know, we want to see what you guys are seeing out there. So shoot us some story ideas. We'd love to consider them. And also recipes. Yes. Jaden and I love <laughs> seeing different recipe ideas come in. The recipe that was printed in this original magazine or in this first edition was not a recipe from Jaden and I. It mm -hmm. was a recipe from a woman in South Dakota. So send us your beef recipes because that is another fun feature that we want to uh, to push out there. Yes, and I enjoy that part because I get to make it and then take pictures of it for the magazine. So I get to try the recipe and it's I love to try the new recipes. So please send your recipes, stories, um, Tag us in your social media posts. Like I'll do some posts on social media sometimes if it's like, let us know what's going on on your operation. And, you know, you can comment a picture. And I do go through the comments and that's how I pick the pictures that get put in the magazine. We do a social media feature from like around the country. And so um, it's all people that have commented on our posts or sent us pictures or tagged us on Instagram in the picture of them just working cows. Um, all those I go through and pick what goes in the magazine. So tag us, send them to us, whatever you want. The next big thing on our agenda, I believe, is convention. <laughs> and so convention is August 18th through the 19th in Deadwood, South Dakota. And I'm so excited because one, I love Deadwood and I love convention. So those together just match made in heaven. We are not, <laughs> we're glad that it's not next week because we have a lot to do to prepare. Um, it's a huge feat, but we are, we love it every year. It's a great time and we love seeing everybody come out. And this year's theme is Code of the West. And if you know what that is, it's kind of like a cowboy code. Um, some of the things on there is it's live each day with courage, take pride in your work, always finish what you start. I think there's quite a few other ones on there. Ride for the brand. Um, but anyways, we felt that that code is similar to what we stand for at RCAF. And um, our convention theme kind of sets the tone for the rest of the year, I would say. We're excited for this year's Code of the West um, should be fun. And I don't know, my favorite part of convention is always the networking and watching people connect and build relationships with people across the country. And so um, seeing people come together, I highly encourage you to come to convention. Um, there's people that they know they come for their first time and they're just amazed at the connections they build and, you know, the people that they get to then have constant communication with of what's going on. And, you know, somebody from New Mexico meets somebody from Ohio. There's connections there and networks there. And, um, but we have a great list of speakers lined up that we're going to announce soon. Not yet, because we have to finalize some details, um, some fun new activities and a lot of great vendors already lined up. So those sponsorships are still open until July 1st. Um, if you want some of the new perks and Karina, let's talk about that. Talk about the format of this year's trade show and the perks we've added to the sponsorships. 
Yeah, so the hottest fire that our CAF staff has burning right now is focusing on getting all of our sponsorships in, which you can find that information right on the RCAF website. You can click on that convention tab right on top. We have a lot of different levels of sponsorships. So say your business cannot come have a booth at convention, then you would be perfect to be a logo sponsor at $250, or you could sponsor one of our speakers um, and get advertising that way. But one of the most important deadlines is that July 1st, first week of July deadline, because then we can get your business's information and logo on all of our advertising um, products and into our Tri-State Livestock News convention insert. So very important to help stretch your advertising buck. And so that's what we're working on. Definitely the hottest thing going right now. We do have some brand new things that we really milled around among our CAF staff to make our convention a better experience for our sponsors. One thing we've done is we've made our breaks longer. We've made more 30-minute breaks so that you can really have time to connect with our, with our um, members and with those attending. And so I know that that will be much appreciated by those who have a booth. And then we have something brand new this year, um, our vendor bingo. I'm and excited for that. <laughs> this, is, this is brand new. When you come to RCAF convention and you pick up your registration packet, you will have be given a vendor bingo card. Think old fashioned bingo. And it's every square is going to have a different company's logo that has a booth there. And you go around and you mingle and you meet these businesses. You thank them for supporting RCAF. You learn more about their product or their service and they check off your your bingo card. And when you have a bingo by that first night, Thursday night, you will get a drink ticket for the, our Thursday night meal and event. And then when you have a blackout during the two day period of the RCAF convention, you will be entered into some prize drawings. We'll, we're going to draw at the banquet. And I mean, these prize drawings, we haven't, we're in the process of getting them secured but they are going to be spectacular. Yes. And so I hope that this just really excites our vendors that we are driving our membership to their booths with an activity. I hope that this creates some fun and some synergy for those that are um, in attendance. And we're just really excited about this, this yeah. new concept. The other thing we're adding, so we added the vendor and affiliate breakfast. So we switched. Normally, those who have come to our convention before know we do a prayer breakfast, and normally that's on Friday morning, but we decided that Friday is a really long day between the early morning prayer breakfast and the banquet late at night, and so we switched to starting off our convention with the prayer breakfast um, on Thursday morning. We are not doing a property rights day this year. I should add um, on Wednesday, we normally do property rights day and we are not doing that this year. We just don't have the manpower to accommodate a third day of convention. And um, anyway, so then on Friday morning, we're doing this vendor and affiliate breakfast um, that it's a grab and go style. People can mill around the trade show and um, just visit all the vendors and get to know their products. And like Karina said, just get to know them and their business. One of the newest perks that we added to our vendor levels is if you come in at the platinum level, 
then you get an exclusive podcast episode with Jaden and I, where we will um, sit down with you on this podcast and we'll, we'll let you dish all about your business, your product, your service, whatever you're providing. And you'll have your own podcast episode with us. That and we will you then- get to hang out with us for an hour or however mm-hmm. long it takes. <laughs> And we have seen a huge uptick in platinum sponsorships because companies are so excited about being able to um, have that time on our podcast and be able to get that information out to our audience that is really growing on this podcast. So just keep that in mind. Um, Once again, you can sign up to be a vendor, a sponsor, any of that all on the RCAF website. And we encourage you to get that done here by the 1st of July, the first week of July, so that we can make sure that we are able to um, accommodate all of your advertising needs and get you in all of our materials. We're just going through our whole outreach of what's new. And so one of the biggest things I think that we have started was the No Rancher Left Behind campaign. And that came to us via Koi Young. And um, you've probably heard his name in the news recently of he testified on the, was it the Senate Ag Committee or the House Ag Committee? Coy testified in front of the House Ag Committee. Yes. Um, And he told his story and he talked about, you know, the struggles of being an American rancher right now and how that takes a toll on mental health and how he contemplated suicide. And then he brought forward the statistics that, you know, most people Um, In rural America, we don't talk about mental health and suicide. That's not a thing. But yet farming and ranching is the occupation with the highest suicide rates um, in the country. I don't, it might be in the world. I don't really know. Um, I can't remember the exact statistics, but it's a big deal. And, you know, RCAF, we, we fight for the whole independent rancher. And that means on this aspect as well. We created this campaign with Koi. Um, Koi came to us wanting to start this and Koi hosts a virtual support group style meeting every Wednesdays. And um, he just, you get on there and you just talk about, you don't even have to be an RCAF member. This is open to everybody. And um, people get on there and just talk about the hardships that are happening. And they talk about it with people that understand and are going through the exact same things most of the time. So it's a no pressure, no pressure, no judgment zone. Um, We encourage people to participate and be open so we can just all take this on together. um, In addition to everything else we're already fighting. Um, So Anyways, the meetings are on Wednesdays, and there's more information and details on the RCAF website. Um, Kina, did you have anything to add? You know, if you want to hear more about Koi's story, um, please visit the podcast. We, he, we interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, and he um, was very raw, very real, and I think a lot of cattle producers can relate to what he has been through and, you know, what we're all feeling. Yep. Exactly. Um, and this is something that needs to be talked about. You know, it's time to not bury this under the rug and you're not alone. And we're all going through a lot of similar things right now. And so um, shifting gears, but anyways, yeah, on the RCAF website, there's more information. There's the Zoom link. All the information about that is on the homepage. Um, but Karina, I know one of your favorite parts of your job is the events and you know, we've had a few this spring. So talk to us about the rollover auction fundraisers we've had this spring, and then tell us about any upcoming or fall fundraisers you want to share. We have definitely just come off of our biggest um, RCAF rollover calf sale fundraiser campaign 
probably that has been had in years. I should have counted up how many different different uh, sale barn locations that we were at um, since last September to just last week, but it's pretty impressive. We had RCAF rollovers in Minnesota, South Dakota, all over Nebraska, and even Colorado, and so that was really exciting because there's no place I would rather be than with producers, and a sale barn is a great place to do that. Um, we even had one sale barn, Valentine Livestock, that held two rollovers this year because they had two producers come up in December. And then later on, after the first of the year, two different producers saying, we've got a calf. We want to donate to our calf. And so um, that was just that was just really exciting to, to watch a sale barn have two within just like a matter of eight weeks. And so um, now that calf sale fundraisers, we've kind of uh, you know gotten through this last wave, we're looking forward to the fall of 2022. And we would love to you know talk to you if you wanna know how this works, wanna set something up. If you have an animal that you wanna donate, but you're like, I don't even know how to do this, that, all you have to do is contact us and say, hey, I'm raising my hand. I have an animal I want to donate. It can be a bread heifer. It can be a calf. It can be a yearling. It could be a bull, whatever you want. Um, and it can be, honest, it doesn't even have to be cattle. It can be, I mean, if you want to donate a horse, go yep. for it. I mean, a llama, whatever. <laughs> whatever That's right. you have, you want to donate. <laughs> we will handle it. all the promotion and advertising on our end. We just, um, once we have somebody ready to donate an animal, then we jump in with our staff and our plan and we get the word out there and we get people there and, you know, just make it a really successful day. I want to, you know, thank Multimin who has partnered with us at a lot of these events and provided the cookies. And then I want to thank Vitalix, who has also partnered with us, and they provided whip flags at almost all of these RCAF calf sale fundraisers for anybody who donated over $250. So phenomenal support. It just felt, it just feels like community when you've got the producers there, you've got businesses there, you've got a hosting sale barn there, you know, that's stopping their sale for 30 minutes to raise money for an organization like ours. It just feels like community. And so, like I said, we're already looking ahead towards this fall and this winter, please reach out to us. You know, if you're a sale barn that says, I would love to host one of these, let us know. And we can look around our membership in that area and see if we can come up with an animal that can be um, donated or help you find one in your area. So we just got to know where you want us and we'll be there. So kind of walk us through for those of us that have never, like I've never even gotten to go to one. So kind of walk us through what that looks like, like what that day looks like from, I guess from somebody wants to donate an animal, finds a sale barn, what happens after that? Okay, so when somebody raises their hand and says, hey, I've got a steer calf that I want to donate, um, then what happens is we get, we work with the sale, you're, you know, wherever you're consigning your livestock, we work with that sale barn to get a day and a time on their books. And then as our calf staff, we um, send out a postcard invitation to all of our, our calf members in that county and the surrounding counties. And we use a printer local in your community. Um, we find a business local in your community that we can support 
and we print postcard invitations to send out to our RCAF members in the area. Then we send out an event notice two weeks prior to the event um, via email and social media, and then again two days prior to the event. And so we really help cover all the bases. I also work with the local newspapers and radio stations in that area and make sure that they are letting people know about this event. And that has created some really great media contacts, some really great, sometimes TV stations even show up at these um at these fundraisers because they want to learn more about our calf or they want to see the wheels in motion of, you know, such a community coming together to raise money to um, support, you know, returning profitability to ranchers. And so it's, yeah, the media latches onto these kind of events. Um, and it's, so that's been really exciting. So then there's, you know, it's pretty normal for somebody to say, hey, I can't be there at the sale that day, but I'd like to donate $1,000. And so when I go up on the block the day of the sale or whoever's there representing RCAF, you know, we usually already have some bids turned in of what some people want to donate. And that just really sparks momentum and fire. And then those auctioneers take it away. And some people may throw in 3000, some people may throw in $300 um, and, you know, or $50, whatever you can afford is much appreciated. And it's just a really exciting day. And like I said, Multimin usually provides the cookies and then we have whip flags from from Vitalix and we hope to continue those partnerships and that's been wonderful. So the way that the money is raised, people bid like they're buying the animal and it's auctioned off over and over and over and over again. Um, yep. It's kind of like just a constant cycle, I guess you would say until bidding stops, right? Yep. And then um, once we've kind of expired the energy in the barn, you know, and uh, nobody else is, you know, wanting to, to, donate, we've kind of went through all the donators, then that producer generously donates the sale of that animal. So that animal might go back in on their big group of steers and the sale barn just cuts our calf a check for the one head, or it, it may just sell separately. And, um, you know, in that case, the producer, once again, when the animal actually does sell, the producer is donating those proceeds to our calf. Yep. And these fundraisers are so important to us. So at RCAF, we don't receive any money from the checkoff. We're entirely membership and fundraiser funded, I guess, and mm -hmm. donation funded, I guess, would be the right way to put that. Um, and that's how we operate. That's how we have our staff members. That's how we're able to dedicate the time um, to these issues. And um, it's these fundraisers are important and it's also an important just community of cattlemen getting together. Um, and so moving on past that, we're excited to see what, who has fundraisers this fall. They'll be, they're always a good time in the fall. Um, and so another incredible partnership that I want to talk about today that has really evolved into something great is the partnership with the guys at your ag network and hot barn report. So Karina, talk to us about what you've been doing with them and kind of how this relationship has evolved. So I first met the guys at Your Ag Network, Monty James, specifically at uh, an RCAF calf sale fundraiser at Bassett Livestock Market in, I think it was February of 2021. 
and he interviewed me. He was there covering the calf sale. Like I said, local media likes to do. And he wanted to interview me about um, cattle industry issues. And so I sat down and had a great interview with him. And then a couple of weeks later, they reached back out to me and said that, um, you know, they really liked my interview and that maybe we should work together. I should provide more industry content for your ag network, specifically for their program, Hot Barn Report. And so then it just kind of blossomed from there. And I now um, am their guest broadcaster on Fridays on Hot Barn Report. And so I give an industry update, what has happened that week, whether there's been a Senate or House Ag Committee hearing, or maybe some um, movement in the judicial system, some new lawsuits filed, or perhaps new legislation introduced, or maybe a burst of momentum behind a certain piece of legislation. Um, so yeah, I just provide industry updates every week. And it's been really exciting to watch um, them grow from this from this partnership as well. And hats off to them as they were just recently, this program was just recently picked up by Sirius XM Radio, channel 147. You can now hear Hot Barn Report on channel 147 every day at 7.55 a.m. Central Time and 4.55 p.m. Central Time. And like I said, I'm the Friday guest broadcaster and um, just a really great program that is, you know, an, a media source that is just working really hard for independent ag industries and independent cattle producers. Yeah, it's pretty fun to get to see them on Sirius. They've worked really hard to get there. And so, and Monty received, Monty James received the Ranchers Broadcaster Award, I believe, at our last convention. Um, so they do a lot to support our calf, and um, we're excited for them and their serious journey and Karina taking our calf on Sirius XM radio. So, <laughs> um, you yeah. So if you ever, you know, if you're ever looking at needing some radio on air advertising, uh, we, we definitely want to help people find your ag network because they have an impressive network of radio stations that they work with. They're now on Sirius XM. And let me tell you, they are giving back to the cattle industry. Yes. And so consider your ag network for your on-air advertising. Mm -hmm. Well, and speaking, I guess, of just radio, we're always open to helping if you want. So, you know, Bill does a weekly address every week and there's a lot of producers around. I don't know where all we have radio stations that play Bill's weekly address, but people do get Bill's weekly address on their local radio. And so if that's something you want to hear in your city radio station, um, just let us know and we can get that set up for you. Well, one of, as I guess, summer hits, one of my best, you know, memories of summer is always grilling something, always cooking up something. And because um, I actually have time to do it in the summer usually. So Karina, what is your favorite cut of beef right now or just in the summer? Okay. So one of my favorite things to cook in the summer is I throw a couple extra steaks on the grill whenever we're grilling steaks so that I have leftover steak for the following day because anybody that knows me knows I have a really big garden and I love steak salad. So I love just taking leftover steak, slicing it up the next day over a bed of lettuce and um, you know, out of my garden and, you know, putting on all those yummy cucumbers, tomatoes, all those yummy things oh, and so having good. a steak salad. <laughs> my mouth is like watering. 
um I'm gonna have to go with I've been on a big fajita kick like you know like a good flank steak like marinated I I love fajitas and so that's been kind of my summer go-to and that I guess you could make into a salad too like a fajita taco salad kind of thing absolutely Thank you so much for tuning in today. We at RCAP work really hard fighting for America's cattle ranchers. And the efforts we talked about today are just some of the many things we engage with on a daily basis. Make sure and tune in to previous episodes of the RCAP USA Roundup and like and subscribe and leave a review. And also tune in to the Hot Barn Report on your ag network, especially on RCAP Fridays with Karina. We are so excited about our new magazine, so please tag us in your photos on social media, comment photos, or send them to us. We go through and pick these photos to be featured in our magazine. But also consider placing an ad. We'd be happy to send you a media kit. Ads start at $75 and you can email Karina and I for more information. Our emails are in these show notes. Also, please join us for our annual national convention in Deadwood, South Dakota, August 18th and 19th. Come learn, network, and enjoy vendors and an incredible lineup of speakers. The No Rancher Left Behind meetings take place on Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m. Central on Zoom. And keep an eye out on the RCAP website for livestock auction fundraisers in your area. We encourage you to stay engaged on the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the RCAP USA Roundup. To learn more about RCAP USA, visit our website, www.r-calfusa.com.